This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up? So, um... Before we get into this podcast, if you haven't listened to our podcast last week, uh, just stop this one and go back and listen to last week because it's it's uh, it's better. It's going to be better than this one. I, yeah. We haven't even done this one yet, and I can already tell you it, last week's was better. Well, yeah. you're probably not going to want to listen to this one at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But no, but you so need to listen until we get John yeah. on again. No yeah. one should listen. Yeah. No, yeah. but seriously, we're probably going to reference some stuff. But it was a great interview, and it was just a cool time to hang out because it was. I mean, it was really awesome to just sit and talk with him for a little bit about Chrome OS and the future and everything else. It yeah, was so really cool. yeah, we had the opportunity to uh, sit down virtually with John Miletus from uh, the Chrome OS team at Google. Yeah, I forget all of his titles, but he's I know he is the product management lead product management per, uh, lead over product management over engineering and engineering. Yeah, yeah, so, for Chrome OS, smart, yeah, smart, <laughs> very smart gentleman. Yeah, and he's been uh, apparently on the Chrome OS team now for about a year and a half. I think is what yeah. he said yeah. at uh, Google so for he's like been, twelve years. Yeah, so he's been involved with different stuff. So it's <laughs> it's cool to see them move thing move people around, uh, and I, hopefully that helps them get a little bit more clarity of vision as people come in, because there's a segment we're going to talk about later on in the podcast. Excuse me. Uh, one of the one of the people that has been brought into a certain segment of the Google, you know, uh, ecosystem, basically, to revamp things. Uh, I don't even know the guy's name, but they brought in a guy, basically, to say, hey, look, we need our productivity stuff put under one roof. Yeah. Can you fix this? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you if it delivers on what it looks like, it's going to be, yeah, it's it fixed be it. And it, it came from someone they brought in to that team. team and said, yeah. Hey, we need you to kind of have a clarity of vision and, and drive this thing forward. And it, it looks like they've, uh, they've done that. So it's, yeah. it's funny. I mean, I was sitting and thinking about this just yesterday of kind of thinking about our team and what we do. And, trying to like take a step back right you get caught i feel like we've been like we've just been grinding like it's oh, this yeah. it's luckily during during all of this crazy pandemic like we've been fortunate enough to keep rolling right, right right along and there's been some releases there's been things that we've been working on and we're and, and we're putting out our content and that's what's most important for us but it's like to try to take a step back and try to look at it from a a a, a you know 5000 foot view as people say 
is is really valuable and like having just yeah. some another perspective come in like yep. every now and then so anywho i mean yeah it was a it was a great conversation with john and uh, yeah it was just a a really cool opportunity that we had to to talk with him and and fingers crossed maybe we get to do some stuff like that uh, more in the future and that's yeah, something we wanted to do with this podcast. I mean, not just with John or, or with anybody from Google, but some other interview style stuff. So if you're listening to this and you think you would be a candidate for that, uh, send us an email, info at chromeunbox.com. Yeah, and we get the we get the distinct sense from, from Google that uh, we're going to be able to do more of this kind of stuff uh, moving forward. So there's interest on both sides, and uh, I think that's a, that's a good thing because there's just some insight that obviously people who work in the midst of this stuff can bring that we may not see um and, and it's it's also interesting to um talk with these folks and and see things from their perspective of yeah. what what it is that we're doing and and you know what we bring to the table and how we cover this stuff and uh so it's it's just beneficial i think on both sides yeah. and so the more that we can do it the uh the better it'll be i think yeah exactly it's it's mutually beneficial i think so uh so yeah Go check out that podcast last week, episode 69 with John Melitis. We uh, had a fun, fun conversation. Yeah. So we'll, go check we'll it out. We'll be here when you're done. We'll be waiting That's right. for you right just, here. Just pause right now. Right. and See you. And, and we're back. Okay, so um, we're going to dig right into uh, a really interesting article that, that Robbie wrote this week that I feel like has been coming for a little bit, th- this, this idea of... Um, <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked about it before on this podcast. Even a Pixel Book Two is is there going to be a Pixel Book Two, and you know what could that look like, and when are we going to see one? If we're going to see one, and Robbie wrote a piece and basically said, uh, "Don't think it's going to happen." Dashed our dreams. <laughs> yeah, and that that wasn't even so much like the the point of it for me wasn't that. I mean, we get these things all the time, right? People find Geekbench things and like, "Ooh, it says Google Zork, so yeah. it's got to be a next Pixel Book." And so we end up having to write these retort. T- style articles that say yeah. no in fact that's not what it is you know this here's here's why we know it's not and blah 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 and move on which reminds us how how narrow this space is because mm-hmm. right so many people still look at that and go oh it's got to be a google product no it's, nope it's not yeah and, <laughs> no. and it, that i don't know for me it's here lately we've had quite a few hardware releases and so Wow. What in the world is that? I don't know what that was. Robbie's getting some on ads. By, well, I think I clicked on it by accident. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was kind of scroll, scrolling around here. Um, anyway, <clears throat> you know, it. the The point of the, the article really was to, um, I don't know, just express a little bit about what we all, you know, as a team think about Google hardware, especially in the Chrome OS space, <clears throat> and what we actually think is reality. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, after talking with John um, last week, you know, it, it, I don't know, talking with someone at Google just brings up all that stuff. You know, you start thinking about, well, I wonder what, like, he obviously didn't tell us anything, but. Yeah, you know, but when you see how passionate they are about right, the operating like, system and the platform, you think. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, great. Why aren't you guys doing this? You right. know, and, and I get some degree of it. I get, I get some of the stuff that if you listen to last week's episode, well, no, we didn't even talk about that, did we? Well, anyway, if you just listen to um, just what Robbie or read what Robbie had written, it, it, it's frustrating because you really want to have that device. Right. But it's just, I don't know, I just don't see that, I, I don't think Google sees the benefit in it anymore. 
I don't. I don't think they do either. Um, and that sucks to say. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks to have to say that out loud and be like, "Yeah, that's probably true." But you know, one thing we we I can't remember if it was when we were talking with him on on the podcast. We we chatted with him a little bit afterwards, and again, he didn't share anything with us. We can't tell you. Um, but you know, I we got the distinct impression, and I shared this in the article that you know Google partners with everybody when they make Chromebooks. So I don't think that's a thing people know or that they're aware of completely that in the end, you know, every Chromebook you mess with it's some way, shape or form, not just from a perspective of, Hey, Google had to check off and say, yes, this, you can make this a Chromebook, but Google partners with these uh, OEMs, you know, right. they, they work with them to develop Chromebooks. Yeah, like because the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook didn't show up because Samsung went and built it. Right. Because like, hey, is this cool? Yeah, with Windows devices, it, it's a lot less hands-on. They 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 have hardware specifications that they have to meet. Windows has a specific scheduler that runs that verifies that the hardware is compliant with Windows. And then the OEMs pay for the license to have it installed on the device. Right. There's not a lot of hand-in-hand action. Not that Microsoft doesn't do that, but it's not hand-in-hand, hey, let's design this thing together. Let's build this right. together. It's it's not like that at all. Well, and that's why you see so many laptops like Microsoft Windows laptops come out, and they have custom drivers for how they got their keyboard mm-hmm. laid on. They have custom drivers for how to make their mouse work. And they have custom drivers for all this stuff because, yeah, Windows is flexible that way, but that's a part of Windows I hate. I personally absolutely hate yep. the idea of buying a Windows device and knowing that my experience is reliant on that manufacturer's driver updates to make sure that it still works when <laughs> Windows updates. Like, I I hate it. It's one of the things that, that most made me run away from Windows. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I want this integrated feel that when my Chromebook updates, the new features that come with it just work with it. Right. Like, I don't have to worry about, like, Oh crap! Did did HP update the drivers? Is that going to work here? Is that going to you know like that? I haven't thought about that in years, yeah. and I remember that feeling oh, yeah. of just like oh well, ASUS didn't update this, or this trackpad isn't you know Precision Touchpad compatible. It's ASUS's Elan blah blah blah, and so I'm on these like shady looking sites trying to find new drivers. Right, and, and that's the cool like, thing <laughs> about Chrome OS is that these manufacturers, when they work so closely with with Google, and Google signs off on this. Those manufacturers are on the hook to say, hey, as long as this thing's getting updates from Google, we're behind we it. We are behind making yeah. sure the hardware that's on there works. Right. And know, so, so. They, they do a lot of work to make sure. And that's it's a simplified version of what it means to make a laptop, sure. But at this point, the simplified version that just works all the time, to me, is way more beneficial than something that I have a lot more control over that may or may not work unless I do hours of research to make sure this works and take hours of updates and... Uh, like, ugh, you know, nobody, most people just don't want to deal with that junk anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's part of the appeal of, of Chromebooks. And so since people don't realize that that's the case, it, it can come off as if, you know, Asus went to Asus's corner and they, they checked with Google and said, Hey, can we license this flip 436? And Google said, yeah, go ahead. And they went and made their Chromebook and then went to market with it. And that's just not how that works at all. Like there are people at Google that are uh, closely working with these companies. Again, the, the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook, a lot. We even said this. Like it feels a little bit like a spiritual successor to the original Pixel Book. Mm-hmm. The squared edges, the the polished design. But this week, and I think this is what honestly brought all of this bubbling to the surface for me was Dieter over at the Verge uh, put a tweet out, and he said, "All I want is uh, the exact Pixel Book I have right now with updated internals and smaller bezels. Like that's all I want. 
and and then he he subtweeted under that the his review of the Pixelbook from 2017, and he said this is top five best laptops ever made. Yeah, and Google treated it like a one-off. Mm-hmm. And I read that those tweets, and I read some of the people responding to those tweets. And, and Robbie sat and cried in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I legitimately thought something was wrong with him. And he's like, no, I'm just writing this article. I was like, oh, okay, because I, th- I thought like your wife he was called. Like, and yeah, it was like, it, you like know, the you know, house burned down or something. Someone, when someone's upset, and they're just like. <sighs> <sighs> well, hey, do you need to talk, buddy? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like Dieter's tweets okay? started me on this. Like, oh, it was process. when you when and I read I started that, writing. Like, yeah. this is the way I write. I write, and I'm just, I'm, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I, that's why I write mostly things in there. Even if a, a little news thing is usually pretty narrative for me. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way that I process yeah. stuff. And and so as I was processing through, I mean, it ended up being a long article, and yeah. and really going through all the the reasons why we love Google made Chromebooks. I got I, it was weird like halfway through the article there was like part of me I was like yeah getting excited like, what about yeah. this and yeah. it would be neat if and oh what maybe if they just took this and and oh by the way this would work and then oh but yeah we're pretty sure that's not going to happen and again right. we don't have insider information here it's not like we know what's going on we just know that we've always been able to find some breadcrumbs that point mm-hmm. us to going maybe you know maybe here's this and I need to say and I didn't say this in the article that the things that I, we used to be able to lean on, they were thin uh, as far as finding Google hardware. Yeah, it was a lot of gut. <laughs> like removing the SD card support. There are few, if there are only a couple Chromebooks out there that aren't Google made Chromebooks that ditch the SD card. I can't find any right now, yeah. any current ones that we're tracking where they've turned off SD card support. So that's one thing. Uh, Google doesn't seem to like to put SD card, but they, they could. So that's, that's pretty thin. Um, and then stuff like the assistant button, Mm -hmm. that was another trackable thing. It's like, Oh, well they're adding the assistant button. Nobody's put an assistant button on a Chromebook except Google. It's like, Oh, if we find that, Hey, we haven't found that, but there's that new Vivaldi keyboard layout thing that basically is this whole nother set of, um, software stuff that's there so that you know, people can write their own custom keyboards. So right. for some of these enterprise devices that right, are that do double duty as a parallels Windows. and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. now that that's kind of convoluted all of that. So technically they could use Vivaldi and, and write their own little keyboard layout and you wouldn't really know it. Right. Like and, it'd be very and hard that, to find. And that also is another thing that kind of lends to our theory that Google doesn't have anything on the roadmap right now, because up until now, Google has locked down that assistant key to their devices and then third party keyboards, but no Chromebooks have it. If Google has said, Hey, for right now, guys, we're just not pursuing that. I could totally see them saying, all right, manufacturers, you can use the assistant key now. Cause we're not making a, making a Chromebook. Right. And, and I don't have any proof that <clears throat> anyone's using either the assistant way key yeah. or not like it, because it's, it's very hard. It's much harder to, to, see what's going on with these Vivaldi keyboards and their layouts and stuff like that. So those, that's, those are the, really the only two things we had to go on. Like we, we could track Atlas, which is the Pixelbook Go, because it showed up at the same time and, and shared a baseboard with Nocturne, which was the Pixel Slate. Like they literally had the right. same board inside them. So we already had a jumping off point for that one. Nocturne leaked in all sorts of little videos and developer stuff. Um, it had leaked prior to that. And then there were, there were some pretty clear indicators with an assistant key removal of the SD card. Like there, those things were there. The original pixel book. I think that was all just gut feeling. Yeah, that yeah, they were exactly making it. it was. I don't remember what it was about the Eve 
uh, baseboard that originally made you think? I'd have to it had to something to do, I think, with Mr. Lori. I think oh, there okay. was a couple of e- uh, emails that we knew for a fact were Google Google engineers, but there are also guys that work on other devices too. But right. there were just certain threads that overlapped, and then this guy was on this commit, and then they were talking about that, and it it was mostly gut. Honestly, until I remember Droid Life had and ended up seeing those ads yep. before that event, and we were like, "Oh my God, that's it I is a thing!" We, we were sitting in there on at the mm-hmm. big table yep. and yep. found it. <clears> yeah, like, oh my God, you know, and it's going to be called the Pixel Book, and it's going to be expensive, and it's going to have all this interior space and, and all like, and so I, I vividly remember all of those things. And again, there are no clear markers that say, "Oh, here's how you know it's Google." Like. It's always just been this kind of like, eh, we kind of think, we kind of think. But in our interview time last week, um, you know, that they, they were pretty clear. Uh, John was John was pretty clear about the fact that, you know, they're, they're very proud of what they've done with working with other manufacturers. And you get the sense, you just kind of get the feeling that, you know, Google has used what they needed to do, like with the Pixelbook and the Slate and the Pixelbook Go. It's like... Look, guys, here's how you can do it. Here's how you can do it and make it really nice. And okay, we go, know, we've, go do it we've accomplished yeah. our goal. Right. Um, which I guess is okay. Um, but the Pixel Book was just so good. Yeah. And, and maybe it is just fanboying, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you don't want to look at a company and say, hey, we want you all to make this thing, even if you're not going to make money off of it, just because we want this thing. I mean, that's right. honestly, at the end of the day, that's what we're saying. But still. Samsung made a thousand dollar Chromebook that has everything you could ever want in a laptop, Windows or otherwise, and it's a thousand dollars. Yeah, that seems a little bit pricey, but for what you're getting, it's a lot of device. Uh, Google they would have put a sixteen by ten screen. In. Yeah, but Google could pare that down. You don't need an i five and and sixteen gigs of RAM. Just do an i three, fanned or unfanned, either one. Do an M three. Eight gigs of RAM, like the Pixel Book, like the mid-range Pixel Book Go, or even the base Pixel Book Go. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. you have, right? You have the base. I had. Or, had. Oh yeah. yeah, he's had like twelve of them. <laughs> but yeah, the base Pixel Book Go is what six hundred and fifty dollars. Six fifty. Yep. Yeah. So you're still getting plenty of internals for ninety percent of users, and then focus on that design and give us a Pixel Book Two convertible that has those type of internals, but that made by Google design something yeah and and make it it seven make it 699 dollars and after all of these new devices that have come out if you make a made by google convertible that's 700 bucks no one's gonna blink bat an eye and be like oh my gosh that's so expensive yeah and and i know google wants to be careful too like microsoft runs into this with first party hardware you don't want to you don't want to make your um, manufacturers upset cannibalize the and market so they've yeah. i think they've always shot for the high end because of that like it keeps them away from the competition they can set the bar and they don't have to sell a bunch of chromebooks and i'm like cool don't get ultra competitive with it build another thousand dollar chromebook yeah. that you know it, it may take the market a little bit of time to realize how much they love it but mm. the pixel books still like it took almost a year for people to get on board and go oh i I, this is awesome. I love this thing, you know, and, and now we look at it and it's, you know, coming up on three years old and people still consider buying it. We get emails like, should I buy the pixel book or should I buy this? And it's like, because of AUE and yeah. how much faster processors are now. Yeah. It's hard to recommend the pixel book. And yet there's still something in me that's like, I don't know, maybe you would be happier with the pixel. Yeah. Book. <laughs> Cause honestly, it, it's just something 
about its like they just nailed so many things and that's the painful part is that they wouldn't have to change that much no. to deliver a very good the one of the best Chromebook take experiences the, take the same keyframe that's in the Pixelbook go. don't even change the key the, the keyframe on the original the one Pixelbook totally. is great yeah. yeah I mean it's it's all been iterative since then anyway yeah. ditch so, I mean, this, did, update the internals ditch the rest. silicon keyboard or <laughs> yeah. palm rest get rid of those Maybe do sixteen by ten. I, I don't know. I mean, I, know, think you, I, I think like the, the screen. By 10. I did some measurements. The screen from this Acer seven thirteen would fit perfectly into the Pixelbook's frame. There you go. Without changing anything, it would yeah. just minimize the bezels. Obviously, yeah. put, take, the, put take this that panel exact, on it. Which exact is panel. Plenty bright. <laughs> then this panel, I love. I, I'm looking at the Chromebook seven thirteen. Uh, our review will drop this weekend. Yeah. Uh, of it, but I can go ahead and tell you, like, this is my favorite display of of any Chromebook. Right, but uh, fingerprint sensor, and then. Yeah, you put for, it up this, on the deck, for the for the sake mean, of um, just saying, hey, we support this. Make it USI compatible because Google yeah. is one of the big names. So that that would because honestly, USI technology they need the push, they need the boost, they need. Yeah, I mean that would be a big. And then and then just uh, put their own silicon in it. Yeah, and that way, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But you know, don't make a ninety nine dollar pin. Just make right. it USI, USI compatible. compatible. Yeah. If you have your own, great. If not, just say, hey, you can get one of these USI stylus from one of our our partners. But yeah, they could barely iterate on the entire frame, which I know took them considerable amount of time to develop. Yeah. Like it is, I still love that hardware probably better than any Chromebook I've ever used. I just, and yeah, the bezels are big. So again, we're talking about rem- the screen, change that out. The, the palm rest, you know, make those glass or... Just aluminum or whatever. Yeah, the you know. magnesium alloy crap yeah, or something, whatever. whatever. Or just leave it the aluminum that the rest of the thing is and bring it up a little bit. Whatever. Whatever you got to do. Um, and then that, that's it, right? I'm a fingerprint scanner, yeah. you know. But as we've seen, not even every one of the Chromebooks that are available have to have that either. Nope. And so you don't have to go, like, rework a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm sure the board could be fit in the same space the boards fit in now, uh, just with updated internals. That's that's it. Like the Pixelbook didn't have great speakers, so what? Leave those speakers in. It, it's fine. They're they were they were workable. They were fine. You don't need to you don't need to reinvent that. You don't need to you don't even need to change the trackpad at all. The trackpad was a little small compared to some of these, but it was completely fine. Like I never once thought, Ugh, the trackpad on this is so terrible. Like never. So trackpad's fine. Keyboard's fine. The build of the thing is amazing. The hinge was awesome. The way it flipped around and how it felt when it was converted is awesome minimize your bezels with just a different screen done you know and i don't know and the fact that i know that that's not <laughs> he's getting excited oh, again yeah. <laughs> he's, like, no, he's getting frustrated this is yeah. exactly what happened when i was writing the article like i'm sitting there like oh, that's it that's all they'd have to do this is easy and you know what other company does this two companies do this exact same thing apple yeah. does it i mean it's hard to tell one macbook from another mm-hmm. you know they'll, they'll have one big refresh maybe every five years or something yeah. But they just iterate. They just change things. And it doesn't mean they don't screw stuff up in those iterations. The, the keyboard on this Mac yeah. that we have sitting right here Hot was, was a mistake. And they backpedaled and fixed it and changed it and moved forward. Those are iterations. Those are the way you make products recognizable. It's the way you continue delivering. And people will keep buying them because people would buy an updated Pixelbook in a heartbeat. Right. Like they wouldn't even have to think about it this time. You could sell it aggressively this time around. And I know the Pixel Slate was a misstep. I think the Pixelbook Go got them back to form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would be pretty happy with an updated Pixelbook Go. Like if they just yeah, did a sure. Pixelbook Go 2020, you know, just update the internals on that thing. 
I would love for them to put a 16 by 10 screen. Keep the speakers and, though. Yeah. God, <laughs> keep those speakers, keep the keyboard, keep the trackpad, keep the build quality. Cause I said it just this morning, I was testing something in the developer channel and I have a Pixelbook go and, and dev. And so I just went ahead and wrote the article on it and yeah, I just looked over at Gabe. I was like, there's just something about this thing, mm-hmm. man. And I, yeah, it's their attention to detail. And regardless of Google's missteps in the past, um, with hardware, they have a knack for building great pieces of hardware. I saw another tweet in that line of like, I, I guess Dieter was in the same mindset this week uh, with Google hardware. And he retweeted somebody that said, I sure wish Google loved their hardware as much as I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Well, like, here's it's, what's crazy. It's almost like they don't yeah. they make it and they're just like, okay, moving on. Like I don't care about it that much. And, and you don't realize how good your stuff is. Yeah. And, and you see it though. And I understand there's a lot of value to Google in AI and the Google assistant and connected home. There's a lot of value there that, that, that helps generate the money machine for them. But you see that detail in those iterations in the Nest line right now. How long yeah. ago did Google acquire Nest? Yeah, three years. Three years. Two, okay. three. And I know Google Home existed before that, but honestly, Google Home isn't a thing anymore. It's just not. Those products yeah, are, are, are antiquated. They look aged, whatever. The Nest line, you can walk into a Best Buy or wherever and you see a Nest product, you know it's a Nest product. The colors, the design, the fabric, all that stuff, there's no reason... I think I know it's not going to be as big as the Nest line because of the connected home and all and the assistant. But I think Google's they're missing the value that they could have with a Pixelbook line. Agreed. Even if it was every two years. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And that's I, I stumbled on that, too. I was like, oh, wait, you know, with the Pixel, the Chromebook Pixels, the original namesake yeah. of this whole Pixel stuff. You're welcome. You know, uh, <laughs> Those were, they made one in 2013 and 2015. I was like, oh, maybe it's a two. Oh, wait, no, it's been three years. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> so, that's, so, you know, I could see them going two years for the Pixelbook Go. Or do, yeah, do a TikTok. You do know. a convertible this year, clamshell this year, whatever. You yeah, know? and I mean, I don't know. And, and perhaps we're going to talk about silicon here in a few minutes. Um, maybe they're, they are planning on it, but they're not going to do it until they can use their own silicon. Own, and maybe and, not. And they're yeah. just not interested in messing with Intel or AMD or MediaTek or Snapdragon or any of those things. And they're just like, hey, we're the, the market's in a mature place and we're going to wait until yeah. we can deliver what we're wanting to deliver. And if that's the case, I'm, I understand that. I get that. I do think they should iterate the Pixelbook Go. They should yeah. at least put out just a, here's a 2020 Pixelbook Go. It could literally be the exact same thing just uh, you know give us 10th gen stuff with sure. or maybe new bluetooth new wi-fi and maybe a thing and maybe there. i doubt it but maybe maybe they have actually duped us all and oh, they could have and completely and the when the qualcomm actually drops it will be a made by google device I, that'd yeah. be awesome but i don't i don't think that's gonna happen nah, maybe i mean i don't know because that's <laughs> maybe those those arm devices are going to be connected and you know the is the MediaTek is Oserata 5g compatible yes so that, yeah, that it, it was their first, yeah. You know, so there could be some, you know, that always connected PC kind of thing. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, all of that language verbiage feel fits into the the Chrome OS world, and no one's doing it yet. So if if Google's whole thing with the Pixel Books and Pixel Slates, and you know, their their first party hardware is always to just push into a new thing to show everybody else how to do it, that could be there's it. a place to go. 
Um, that that's where it needs to go. And it may not be about having the most powerful Chromebook. Cause it's like, cool. People are making powerful Chromebooks. I mean, I'm looking at this, the seven thirteen yeah. sitting in front of me. That's 600 it's bucks a, for just beast. an absolute monster of yeah. a Chromebook. But it didn't feel like a Google made Chromebook, you know, not just, at all. <laughs> you know, and it's no not to Acer. Like, no, this is a great it's machine a great to work device, on. Yeah. I've, I've loved working on this thing. I, I really like it. And I every time I open it and I see this screen, I'm like, yeah, this is why you're staying around. Um, but, at the same time, it doesn't feel like a Google-made product. And so, like, the closest thing to a, a Google-made product we've had uh, this year is clearly the Duet. And from what we can tell, Lenovo and Google worked really closely oh, on yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Lenovo had this grand idea all by themselves. They really wanted to push into this thing. And so, you know, I'm all for Google partnering with people and making you know, Chromebooks that are awesome and Chrome OS devices that are awesome uh, and without having the need to pat themselves on the back for it. Right. Like they don't have to be like, hey, we helped. You know, they just, they're cool with the ecosystem doing what it's doing. I am 100% behind that. Um, I, I just think, just like with Microsoft and their Surface line of products, it can continue to be done. I mean, what, we're on a Surface Pro 6 now? Yeah. So, I mean, sure. we're six years into Microsoft making Surface stuff. It's not like their competitors and their their manufacturers have been like, you know what? Fine, I'm not making laptops anymore. They're all making laptops. No. You know what? They're all making better laptops. Yeah, they're aiming. I mean, you've got, what is that one company that makes the clone? Uh, is it Chewy? Evo. Oh, it was Evo, but yeah. I think Chewy has one, yeah, too, that's that one. like a... And people are trying to clone it, which is good. Like, yeah. if you make something for people to shoot at, a lot of times that's... A great good. thing for yep. your market and yep. raises the bar for everyone. The the, the uh, images of this new Lenovo uh, yes. Yoga Thin or uh, Slim or Slim Five like G X Carbon. Yeah. Oh my! It's the Slim. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's just gorgeous looking. And yeah. like you have the Dell XPS lines. Like those things don't exist. I don't think without Microsoft setting the bar with the Surface line. Do they sell them? Sure. I don't I don't think Microsoft makes a ton of money on hardware. I no. mean, we never see anything about that. They don't need to. Google's in the exact same position. They're a little more involved with their partners. Um, but that would also be the equivalent of saying they should stop making the Pixel phones. Right. Because you know, other people make Android phones, so they should stop doing that. No, yeah, and, I, and to, I think that's the thing. To They're not the going to make... A ton of money, if any money, whatever. But I think them continuing to commit to making at least every other year a made-by-Google, this is the premier device, it expands the Chrome OS ecosystem completely for OEMs. More, more manufacturers sell Chromebooks, and the operating system becomes bigger, and more people know about it. It becomes a consumer staple, and everyone wins, including Google. See, this, this conversation is... It's, bringing me hope because <laughs> i'm like all of these points are so valid i just it's hard for me to believe a situation where google's going yeah that's all true but uh we're still not going to <laughs> like they're seeing massive growth i mean massive growth in the chrome os segment so this is a growth spot where they need to lean into not yeah. back away from um like we have no idea what we've talked about a couple weeks ago on their phones nobody knows what the heck they're doing with their phones like we just are all just kind of not really sure, but you know what? They haven't seen growth in the phone space. If anything, right now, they're super threatened probably by iOS 14. Yeah. I mean, in the iPhone SE, that's 400 bucks. Like, yeah. Apple is kind of eating Google and Android's in lunch the US, right yeah. now in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, we get outside the U.S., totally different story. But in the U.S., anyway, it feels very much like, oh, my God. You know, like, Apple is just 
smashing it here. Like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to rebound from that. And again, talking about silicon, which I think is what we need to talk about next. Yeah. Some of those answers, I think, come. I think we're in a very weird transitioning period yeah. right now. And it, 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 part of those moves could have an impact there. Yeah, exactly. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk about that. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. We have our Jimmy John's order placed. It is in. It we is. guarantee we will be interrupted by a phone call or something. <laughs> they cannot find our office for some reason, even though we order every Friday. We're we're in the upstairs of literally the oldest building in the county. <laughs> just, just. It's well, not well, like we just built it. Well, here's the funny part too, <laughs> is that like people are like, I can't find the chamber. We're upstairs. The downstairs in the place we rent is the chamber of commerce for this entire county it's been here a little while <laughs> and it says hardened chamber on the side of the building in massive font big down letters the, almost impossible to miss yeah. oh nearly impossible yeah and yet every week no one oh so where is this place oh my gosh and, and we looked it up last week because it was so bad we looked it up We're on like, google maybe, maps maybe it's wrong <laughs> let's put the let's put the address we can say our address it's on our website yeah. 111 west dixie avenue elizabethtown kentucky so we, we Google mapped it and it yeah. literally like the, the dot is the front it's like door in our office. It's like <laughs> right where we're sitting right now. It's right here. It's not unclear in any way, yeah. shape or form. Like I, I don't get it. Like I get this. It's downtown. So it's not the easiest place to find parking. Totally get that. Right. Cause I, I do know a lot of people that don't know that there is municipal parking right. behind our office. Totally get that. But if you were going somewhere on the square, it's not hard to find a parking spot. <laughs> park wherever you got to park. Just park, yeah, park your car free. somewhere and get out and walk. Park. And, and still hold the phone <laughs> and then yeah. walk to where the dot is yep. and put your dot on that dot. And I'd say you'll be in the vicinity where you'll <laughs> You'd see. You'd probably be sitting at Robbie's massive, desk. You would see the massive hardened <laughs> chamber up on the wall. Robbie, it's not that simple. I know. Uh, let's I know. talk about. I'm, over, I'm oversimplifying. Let's it. talk about silicone. We're getting hungry. Not <laughs> silicone. Silicon. Let's not talk about silicone. Silicon. Silicon. The metal. Yeah. It's on the periodic table. Yeah. So uh, we, we hinted at this a little bit before we took our break for an ad there. Um, but how cool would it be if, you know, Google started making their own silicon for phones and then maybe made one for, you know, a Pixel book? That would be interesting. Someone else is doing that, you know, a big company. Yeah, doing that, something kind of, <laughs> kind of in that vein. Who, you know, who? Apple. <laughs> so I think yeah, the the conversation has to start with what Apple's doing, and and people have, I mean, we've had the conversation for gosh, probably years, um, ever since like the Bionic chip started coming out, and probably uh, the the conversation really accelerated once. The first iPad Pro shipped. I think people started thinking like, huh, huh. whoa, this these, thing's these powerful. Are, these are really powerful. <laughs> yeah. And then this last iteration, I think the A13X or whatever's whatever the latest chip is in the latest iPad Pro where people are like 
running these this will 4K, actually, multiple yeah. 4K video editing. This could technically like, render a video like, faster than my MacBook. Huh, <laughs> that's weird. And so you obviously it's it's caused people to be like, well, I, I want to use this chip and but run Mac OS stuff, or I want to use this chip and make this my computer, my one and only thing, because it's got all the power. Um, clearly, that's not Apple's thing. Uh, Apple wants to. They want you to buy all the things. Right. They want you to have a Mac and an iPad and a phone. Yeah. Like that's. And they've been and a pretty, watch. They've been and AirPods. AirPods. Right. They've been pretty clear and about glasses. that. And glasses. <laughs> and I'm going to remember to do this. I'm going to write a note for it right now. I'm going to put it in the show notes. There is a video by uh, Mr. Who's the Boss. Yeah. If you've not checked him out, um, he did uh, a video just last week, I think. Um, he's a great YouTuber. He's one of my favorites. Very, very calming to listen to um, with his is accent. He British or like. Yeah, he's British. Oh, okay. Um, and anyway, so he, he did a video he just called Apple's Master Plan. And he, he lays out all of this stuff about like the way that Apple goes about doing things from a, a viewpoint of simplicity. Uh, and he's right. I mean, it's it's kind of mind-boggling some of the things you look at, at some of the things he points out. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, didn't the even pencil, think about that. The pencil was interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's so weighted. The original. So, so the, the new one is is like more like a real pencil where it's yeah. got like sides, like an octagon or right. a hexagon. Or oh, something. I haven't even seen that um, The one that magnets up on top of the uh, okay. iPad Pro. It's got flat sides. So uh, okay. So we'll, not we'll, even an issue there. But the original Apple Pencil was round. Um, and like he points out, they spent time to weight it in such a way that if you set it on a table, it will always roll itself uh, and stop at a point where the, the inscription of pencil, Apple Pencil yeah. at the top, rolls upward. And, and did so and made it that way and didn't get on stage and talk about the no. design and the the uh, the details and all, all of the nerdy stuff about how they made that happen. They well, just said... He, he made that point with, like he said, the current iPhones right now, when you record, they record 4K video in 60 frames a second. He's like, right. most users know that and that's what they need to know. He's like, well, what they didn't tell anyone from stage or have never talked about it at all is the fact that actually it records 4K 120 frames per second in like with every other dual frame exposure. being yeah. a low exposure so that it can automatically blend those together and H- not overexpose. H- HDR constantly. Type, type stuff, yeah. But they've never got on stage and said that. They right. never patted themselves on the back. Because it's said, too complicated. People don't right. understand yeah. it. Too much. <laughs> you know, here's what you need to know. Best looking video, 4K 60. See ya. You know, and, and I th- there's something to be said for that. Like, it, it's kind of brilliant, um, some of the things that they've done, the steps that they've taken. Well, part of that video obviously gets into this this idea of what Apple is doing now with, you know, Macs. I mean, they, they kind of finally came out and announced what we all felt like was coming eventually with, uh, you know, their A-series chips, ARM-based chips running in Macs. And that they actually... No, they didn't actually want because I watched the I watched the whole thing because I was really interested to see how they were going to spin this because uh, before watching that Mister Who's the Boss video, you know, I, I still inherently knew like Apple doesn't like to share a ton of stuff like when they ha- right. don't have to. They just here's what it is and this is what we're doing. Um, I don't think they went into depth on saying that this is ARM versus x86. No, Intel. Not at all. They didn't say any of those things. They're just like we're building this and here's the benefits and that's Mister Who's the Boss also pointed that out he's like apple doesn't talk about specs they talk about the benefit to the user right so it's not about we have five gigs of storage in that first ipod it was five times more storage right yeah (laughs) this this processor is this much faster than our last one right it's not about here's benchmarks and here's and it's got teraflops and like because so many tech companies get caught up in that stuff and and most consumers look at that and their eyes glaze over and they don't know what you're talking about because they didn't have all the the research done prior to this conversation and they're just like i uh uh-huh i don't under what 
what are you even talking about? Like, and for most people, you know, when you say, "Oh, the new Macs are going to run on ARM chips," what they don't know what that what means. What is ARM? Nope. I've had that conversation a hundred times with people, and I I immediately go, "Oh, you don't know what that? No, I don't know what that is." Okay, well, ARM chips are the type of chips that are in your phones and tablets, and then x86 what intel and amd make are usually in computers oh okay yeah yeah those usually have fans and you know they're in bigger things and they are more powerful but you know they require tons of power draw and arm resources and and you know the 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 gap is getting narrower and narrower um anywho so apple did i think a good job of coming out and saying that like hey we're we're just going to build our own silicon and let's spend time talking about how that benefits you hey you're going to be able to put ios apps and iPad OS apps onto your Mac now. Uh, they'll they'll work uh, with very little effort. And because of you know they they likened it more to when they went from PowerPC I think uh, was the uh, I don't remember what those it was a different type of processor. They yeah. weren't always Intel. Right. Um, uh, so they when they made that transition, that's all they talked about. It's like we're going to a different type of processor. You yeah. know. So we're, we're here's all our tools because they talked a lot about that. Here are the tools that. You know, we can run it through an emulation, and even at emulation, like what they're running is pretty darn impressive. Yeah. I mean, and that's completely emulated 3D software and stuff. You know, so hey, we have tools for you to emulate, but it's Apple. I guarantee you, for the developers on the other end of it, they're probably pushing on their throats and being like, "Look, fix it, make it or work. it won't be on Mac OS, and yep. you won't be on iPad anymore." And yep. Apple wields and the ability everyone to. Everyone will have to do it. They'll do it, <laughs> you know. So they're all probably scrambling, and they're all probably not nearly as excited about it as everybody else is right now because they're the ones under Time the gun. And development, but all of that to say, Apple has announced this, and it's a big shift, and it's going to be a massive shift in in a direction for Apple. I think it's going to be hugely profitable for them, um, assuming that these devices deliver. Now that's the that's the part we have to wait and see. Like we have to wait and see these people that rely on MacBooks for, oh man, there's some, there's some things like, I think we push this Mac pretty hard. There are people that do stuff that would completely cripple this MacBook. Melt it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, what about those people? Yeah. You know, is there still going to be an Intel version for those people or it doesn't feel like it feels like they're going all in on this. And I'm like, are your A series chips really up to this? Yeah, that's, like, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, you have to think, believe that Apple has considered all of that. But you're right. So. There is a. It's not just like a a tiny crop of outliers. There is a large por- There's a large portion of Mac users who push their devices and those be those. What what's the most Macked out Mac, you can get. I mean, <laughs> macked out that, Mac. You like that? <laughs> macked out nineties coming back. I mean, what like is price it? wise or just or, spec wise? Oh I mean, gosh, I mean they I they mean, do push crazy the, stuff. Well, I mean you got to think though they're, they're just doing this for MacBook. Yeah, so that could be that how they the Mac Pro is. I think maybe the Mac, they they are drawing a line in the yeah, sand between the two. Right, they're yeah. all in ones and they're but still that that feels fragmented to me for Apple. Like. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be an interesting development to watch happen because we can kind of watch it from the sidelines. You know, we're we're not that heavily invested in Apple stuff, so we can kind of wait and see what they do. <laughs> but the fact that they have kind of made this jump and made this push, yeah, um, I think is going to only accelerate Google's move into the same type of space. Because because what it does, and and Mr. Beast uh, spoke about this, and I think not we Mr. Made, Beast, Mr. Oh, Who's the God, Mr. Beast. I was watching some Mr. Mr. Beast. Mr. Just Mr. some Mr. YouTube channel. Mr. Mr. Robot? 
Mr. Somebody, uh, Mr. Who's the Boss, um, talked about this a little bit. I think we've I think we've maybe mentioned it on here before. Um, these these computers, these devices that get built on Intel, they are uh, at the mercy of Intel developing chips. Hundred percent. And so they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm sure they they are privy to more information than the consumers are, so they know what's coming and they're building for oh, that yeah. next generation chip or whatever. But they're building their devices to match that chip that Intel right. says it's going to do this, this, and this, and you all build your stuff to make it work with our chip. Right. Whereas Google could, you know, or Apple is doing this with their own silicon. They're they're cutting out that middleman. And oh, by the way, now they don't have to pay that middleman a right. cut every so, single time so profit, a device is sold. It's not just as simple as saying, oh, well, this is just so Apple can make more money. It's no. That's not... They're, I, I they're, think that's... Tertiary to, yeah, to it, the conversation. They don't, I don't know that that's even... Yeah, that's probably not even a driving force behind a lot of this. No. I think it's more so that they are freeing themselves up to de- build devices that they can set the parameters for. Right. You know, they can they can say, we want it to do this, this, and this, and we can build that into the silicon to do yeah, exactly so that. So now, now you have a situation where Apple's software team can go, hey, for Mac OS... We need it to do Whatever this next thing. thing, we really want this feature but we don't have a way to drive it from hardware. Mm-hmm. So they talk to the chip team and say, hey, what it would look like to have a core of that chip doing Do this, this thing, thing so that we could, and they go, cool, here's how it works. And they start working on that right. year and a half, two years out, obviously. But you know that gives them that ability rather than being that passive, like you were saying, of sitting back and going, okay, Intel, what do you have for <laughs> us? Right, for because us? And, and what e- can we do? Even, <laughs> even as freely as they work in open source with Chromium OS, Google doing this would be a huge move because anytime there's a new processor, even though Intel, obviously, x86 and all that is at the heart of Chrome OS, we have ARM and all that, but when a new chipset comes along, you know, Jasper Lake, whatever, all of that stuff has to come from Intel, and Intel's working side-by-side with the Chromium developers to get all this stuff in place, and we've got to fix this, and these dependencies, and all that, and this Mm -hmm. and whatever. If it's coming from in-house, all of that gets a lot smoother. Right. Uh, it, it kind of changes the way they could develop the operating system in general. Well, what happened to the OP1 and all that stuff? It, well, that's a good point, I, I think, to, to think about with what Google could do with this. I think what they kind of wanted to sort of do with the whole OP1 thing was create a, a chipset line that it wouldn't have been the same thing, but it at least would have been, hey, we're going to work closer with these ARM manufacturers to to customize some cores we're going to work with somebody that's already doing it. Well, they chose Rockchip, and Rockchip is what they are, you know. Like MediaTek, for instance, is really on the rise. Like they are yes. starting to roll out some yeah, really Yeah, because when, when OP1 first launched, MediaTek was a little bit behind the curve. Their, they were. Their focus was still on, on mobile devices, and it still is, but that they – on cheap that, mobile yeah, devices, cheap, though, too. They have, since a, like two CESs ago, they yeah. have exploded. And yeah. they are, they're hitting the 5G market, the always connected, the powerful devices. They're, they're catching yeah. up. They're nowhere near the size of Qualcomm. But as far as on a technology level, they're, they're, they're coming, to, coming to parity with them. Well, and that's, that's where all these moving pieces start coming into place, I think, for Google. Um, so at this point right now, I mean, it's been, I just pulled this article up. April. When was this written? Yeah. So in April, news leaked from somewhere. I don't know who had the source material there. I know it was on The Verge and stuff, and we, we covered it, obviously. But it was, hey, it's leaked that Google is working on custom chipsets for Chromebooks and Pixel phones. 
Um, and it's a, a lot of people, myself included, uh, believe that that's why the Pixel phones are a little bit of a mess this year. Uh, so take mixed pandemic in with, hey, we're trying to get our silicon stuff lined up in with, we're not sure what to do with the phones to make money. You know, like all of these things I think have all kind of collided in the space. And that's why the Pixel phone strategy is a bit of a mess this year. I think as long as they get one a good medium range phone out this year, they'll be fine. Like right. that's all they need to do. I don't know how they're going to position it or blah, 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 but whatever they do, just get a good couple mid range phones and two different sizes out and call it a day and wait for this to all, you know, work itself out. But ultimately they were saying in those early reports, like late this year, early next year, devices yeah. could possibly be ready. Like they're that far along in this inject into that conversation. The fact that, and again, like you were saying earlier with, with processors, these manufacturers know this stuff way ahead of time. They get shared stuff, you know, uh, and, you know, secretly, you know, between them for, for months and months and months ahead of schedule before consumers ever hear anything yeah. about it. So Arm Holdings, who is the company that is responsible for, for building the architecture and moving the architecture forward for Arm-based chips uh, that everyone uses. So Samsung builds them, MediaTek, we talked about Rockchip, Qualcomm, Apple. Um, all build ARM chips. So they're, they're the, the architecture. Arm, what does ARM stand for? I have no Surely idea. it's right. an abbreviation. Oh, it is. Um, I'd have to look it up. We'll, Ad, we'll look advanced up. Retro Micro Grade. <laughs> you just made that up. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you go with? Advanced, advanced. Retro Micro Grade. I'm Googling I, have, it. I have no idea. Advanced Risk Machines. Oh. RS, RSC. What? Oh yeah, RS. Yeah, as, so, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is getting deeper than that's probably. the interface that you did. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So risk is yeah, whatever. Oh, they're from they're from England. That's interesting. So Arm Holdings is it's kind of like um, it's called Holdings. So yeah, it's from it, it's kind of like Linux in this fashion. Like it's like a consortium of people yeah. that do you know like they they're building this thing for people to go use um, versus it like it's not their tech. Um, it's built for people to take in. Right, and which build. technically, like x86, which is, most people think x86, they think Intel. x86 does not belong to Intel. No. AMD actually created x86. Right. But x86 architecture is being used by, there's a, some smaller chip companies in China that use it. It's right. not an Intel thing. Right. It is an architecture. Right. That's all it is. And so that's the same thing with ARM. It's just a different style of architecture for making chipsets with cores that can do things. Um, and obviously phones helped move those forward and tablets have done so. And now we've moved into Chromebooks and obviously now that same architecture will move into MacBooks. and eventually, uh, it's already in Chromebooks, anything that has a MediaTek, so the Lenovo duet, um, the Samsung Chromebook plus, um, Acer the, there's quite a few Lenovo's oh, yeah. that have that MediaTek yeah. processor in them. We're going to see more laptops. The with that, old uh, the newer Exynos ones. The yeah, old so Samsung ones. There's a bunch of yeah. ARM chips. Chrome OS is perfectly happy to run on ARM. And from what we can tell, even though Chrome OS itself feels a tad slower on some of these lower end ARM chips, Android apps really love it because ultimately Android is written for phones. Phones all run on ARM. So developers spend a lot of time developing for that architecture. And then usually... They'll make it work on x86 architecture, yeah. but it's not really written for that to take full advantage. Right. PUBG is a perfect example of that. Anyway, all of that being said, if Google has been working on this already, Arm Holdings has come out and said, okay, so the name of their cores is, they call them Cortex. So Cortex A, 
number. Um, and that's the, the generation of core. So as they, they get it smaller and, and smush the, the processing, um, uh, size so like five they're moving into five nanometers now i remember not too long ago like the dream was getting to 10 nanometers and so that's the process think of like brain synapses the process width how long you know that those uh, electrodes have to move back and forth and um so the smaller those are the less battery it takes uh and, and it increases speed a little bit ultimately it's about battery and efficiency though um so arm now has five nanometer People were making five nanometer processes, which is crazy battery efficient, uh, super fast. They can stay nice and cool. Um, and so they just keep shrinking that those processes down. Well, whatever that is, core, I don't know, it's a Cortex A78 or something, 77 yeah, maybe is where they're at. I don't know. 78, they, they're I constantly putting out, hey, here's our newest cores. But usually it's the same process we've talked about before. So they put those things out. Qualcomm or Apple or whatever take those and they put them in their thing and then you know the the same thing that happens with Intel chips happens with Qualcomm. Qualcomm owns the smartphone industry outside of Apple. Qualcomm says here Snapdragon 865 and soon in a few months they'll say here's the 875. Here are the cores. Here's what those cores do because we built it. We've got the technology and the resources to build these chips and make them at scale. This is what you have to work with. We told you about it six months, 12 months ago. You've been building your hardware to align with our hardware and we make a thing. Well, ARM has now announced Cortex-X, which is, hey, here's our latest cores. And you can just kind of drag and drag drop, and drop <laughs> make your own, yeah. you know. Um, and it's not that simple, obviously. Uh, but the whole point is companies that are smaller and don't have the resources that a Qualcomm or an Apple would or Samsung, uh, Samsung makes a lot of chips too, lots mm -hmm. and lots of chips. Um, companies that don't have those types of resources, money, manpower, laboratories, all that kind of stuff, they can now much easier on a much smaller scale build their own custom silicon. And so um, they have it set up to where you, you can just customize. So you can build this, this, this chip to do whatever it is you think it needs to do. Um, and so I saw that and immediately thought, this is a perfect fit for Google. Probably highly likely they're already doing this. Because uh, I'm sure when, when Arm Holdings came out and said, hey, here's Cortex-X. Yeah. It wasn't like all the companies were like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like something great I'd like to use. They've probably known about it for a year right. that it was coming. They've been developing with it. And so it's highly likely that's something like what Google's using. So now they don't need to go find and build and create a team and poach a bunch of people because I'm sure it's not like there's thousands of people sitting around that know how to build ARM right. chips. Well, like, because the original rumors said that they were working with Samsung, Samsung which yep. makes sense because, you know, obviously they've worked with Samsung on most of their major Chromebook right. releases. Uh, they've done ARM processor, ARM devices with them. But to be able to go to Samsung as a Google partner and say, hey, we want to leverage this Cortex-X Let's work together and right. make this we'll, happen. We'll develop what we want in the core. Yeah, because Samsung's not pushing X and O's to Chromebooks. They don't care no. about that. That's that's their, what What do they use them for? Mid-range phones, stuff like that? They use them on their high-end high stuff, phones. too, but it's overseas. Yeah. Yeah. So over so, here, Qualcomm owns that market. But they've like, also uh, helped Apple with their chips, too. So, right. Yeah, I, and there's rumors that possibly the next A-series chip from Apple will be manufactured by Samsung. I mean, like, Samsung has massive scope, massive, massive scope and, and scale. So it's not out of the, the realm of possibility that anyone would use them to build a thing, but they may not work with Samsung to design that right. thing. It's just like, hey, we need that lab that you have that builds those things and makes them. We, we need access to that. And so, um, you know, Cortex-X would give Google the ability to create the processor they want and then be able to go to Samsung and say, hey, 
here's what we're going to do. Can you build this? And they could do a few chips, you know, one that's specifically for Chromebooks and one that's specifically right. for phones. But when you start talking about that vertical integration that you get from building your own chipset now, you start to understand why Google might not be rushing to put together a phone with the latest Snapdragon processor and rushing right. to put together a Chromebook with an Intel chip inside when they know, hey, we've built, I mean, ARM has come far enough. Obviously, if if Apple's willing to stick their neck out and put it in a MacBook, yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. Like right. what the stuff that Apple has access to is the same stuff everyone and, else has access to. And that's to. probably where Google's stuck right now because in all honesty, if these rumors are very accurate and Google has this on the roadmap in the next 18 months, say, regardless of what monetary loss might be involved, either the 4A or the 5 need to go to the chopping block. There's no sense in releasing no, both of these phones goofy. in the next 18 months if this is where their roadmap is headed. And yeah. I guarantee it is. I mean, when you start thinking about that vertical integration again, A, money <clears throat> helps so they can, they can bring prices down if they choose to. Uh, but ultimately, it gives them it's going to give them the ability to compete in a completely different way. Um, and, and it's the way that Apple does it. So Google can't release something to actually compete with the iPhone SE at this point. Like, that's... That that's probably the perfect case to look at this and be like, okay, you can see the difference here. Apple's like, hey, this is our chip. We can do what we want with it. And so they plopped it in an, a much older hardware set, basically. And the, the SE is the iPhone, what, 6, I think, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. So it's old hardware, huge bezels, a decent screen or whatever. But they, they you know, kind of put together, piecemeal their stuff together. But then they're like, but we're also going to put our latest chip in here. So the phone is crazy fast. As long as you don't smash it under a car, it's going to last you for five years because we'll update that thing. That's another part of this. That's a whole different they can, conversation right they there. They can keep their phones updated because Qualcomm doesn't keep up with their chips for more than a couple years. Intel, I don't know what Intel's, I guess they work with them in some way for Chromebooks, but ultimately I'm sure they're always fighting these chip manufacturers to make sure that, <clears> hey, we want to do eight to ten years of updates on these things. Well, are we sure Intel's going to keep up there? And are we sure that, that Qualcomm's going to keep up there? And what is MediaTek going to keep updating their stuff? Or what's it going to look like seven years from now? None of that matters. It doesn't matter if it's your, your own silicon. If it's your own yeah. silicon. And I don't think it'll just be on one Chromebook. It's not like, oh, our Pixelbook has our own. It's like, hey, this has this. And by the way, everybody else, if you'd yeah, like to use, use our it. silicon, here, yeah. take it. And make your own hardware. And stop worrying so much about what the the chipset's going to do inside of it. I, it. I think it's just going to change uh, so many things in the course of the next two to three years. I think companies in general are just going to start moving in this direction of it's so much more beneficial to control hardware from the ground up versus being kind of halfway. Everyone's like, dang it, Apple. Apple nailed this. I guess we need to. I guess we need to go do that. And that's the thing. Google Google's in (laughs) prime position. (laughs) It just globally to make this move yeah yeah, yeah. is it, it. it going to be a big hit for them off the bat no but they are in a position to say hey we're going to make this move and two three four years from now it's going to benefit us as a company but it's going to benefit our brand it's going to benefit our consumers because we will we'll have we'll be back in that cycle of premium pixel phones with you know glamorous hardware releases that have the best of the best you've got their camera technology you've yeah. got all this and you have a price that people are going, man, that's yeah. that's a good price well, and, and if like, they want to. And you don't have to be stuck with these the idea that if you buy an Android phone, it's good for two years. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, because yeah. they can say, yeah, every other Android phone is. Ours isn't. Right. Like our phone, if you buy our phone, 
you can keep it for four years if you want to. And, yeah. and we're going to keep updates on it because, again, we control it from the ground up. And the same thing's true, I think, with it's less true of, of Chromebooks. I think it, it just becomes a differentiator there that if they had that control over the silicon, think about what that gives them the ability to do from, like you were saying earlier, from you know their their hardware manufacturing partners where right. exactly there's yeah. all of these different chipsets and all these different makers and stuff and we start seeing more people adopt uh, a more standardized chipset inside you know at google could offer a couple different tiers of their own chip yeah you know and you don't have to do this but if you want to save yourself a crap ton of work why why wouldn't you just do that why wouldn't yeah. you move to a, a chipset that is power efficient is powerful and I'm not going to have to rewrite everything I did to make my Chromebook work. I can just use that chipset and I'm really focus on making a better screen or mm-hmm. b- manufacturing better. a better hinge yeah. or, you know, making sure that the camera works, you know, whatever. Just making you sure know. all the seams line up. Yeah. You know, simple stuff. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's, it's not something we're going to see next week. No. It's not something we're going to see at the end of this month, but I no. think 2021, but, Aside from the world yeah. coming to an end, but, but it does it does explain maybe some of the weirdness right now. Like I, I mean, obviously so. there's a pandemic. Sure, that's obviously adding to but all of this. But Apple's, it does. Apple's making announcements. Yeah. Apple's launching stuff. Yeah, Samsung's launching stuff. Yeah. OnePlus, OnePlus. Yeah. They're not yeah. a massive company, still launching stuff. So uh, the pandemic yeah. excuse is like it's, eh, it's not. I get, yeah. I get things being a little wonky, but and they've and they've said, well, you know, the market just isn't right right now. I'm like, oh, come on. No, they're just not sure what they're doing, yeah. and I think and they so it, they've yeah, got makes sense. their eyes on something yeah. down the road. I don't know that I'd really thought about this until we had this conversation right now. Oh, I mean, I guess I'd considered I've thought it. about it a lot. Yeah, I guess I've considered it, <laughs> but I, had, I hadn't I hadn't realized that maybe that's some of the explanation of why things would, are so weird right now. No, that makes I would, sense. I would almost guarantee it. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Um, it's I'm, almost like they're just kind of coming coming, coming to their own and figuring out like, oh, hmm. When it's like you we, figure we this stuff this, out, don't and, we? and there's some other moving pieces, and you're just like, uh, what do we need to do with this? Like this? Yeah. yeah, and it just sucks because right now the consumers are the ones left holding the bag because we yep. have these expectations on Google, and, they're, and now they're over going, Man, guys, we've got it. We have to change course, but some some people are going to get left behind in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Just go buy a OnePlus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, phone at least. Yeah, or three. Yeah. I don't know how. Um, yeah, I don't know how Google's supposed to deal with this. Most companies just would keep tight lip and keep moving forward. But man, it would be really cool to see. Like they've been overly transparent here lately. Yeah, uh, they there's been a couple been. things leak, like the whole G Suite thing. They just, you know, it, it leaked out, and they just went ahead and just announced it because it's not supposed to be announced till next week. The whole integrated Gmail, Gmail yeah, workspace Gmail thing, thing yeah. Yeah. which maybe we'll we'll talk a little more about that next week. But uh, you know, and there's some what else leaked? Um, the Nest, the Nest, and they just said, yeah, yeah the yeah, Nest. They went and put soon. out the video, put out a yeah. teaser video, yeah. and then didn't launch which it. looks so cool. That thing looks great, and it's it's basically that kind of what we had talked about about kind of looking like the uh, the Nest router stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, what, Wi-Fi. Gosh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Uh, but it it seems like they've just kind of taken some of this stuff and gone like, eh. People are talking about it already. Let's just go ahead and say what we need to say. Yeah. It'd be really refreshing to see them come out and say, "Hey, look, <laughs> we're making these chips. Here's this where is we're what at. we're doing. Yeah, yeah we we're building custom silicon. You've heard what Apple's doing. We're we're making a similar move. And because of it, you know, there's some there's some things we've got to we got to think through and do. And one of them is we're not we're not launching a flagship phone this year because yeah. ultimately. It's ridiculous what Qualcomm is charging for, and that was the reason I wrote the article last week. Yep. Is that they're they're 
saying that the next Qualcomm chip, right now it costs manufacturers about 150 to 160 bucks for the 865. They're saying the 875 is going to go up another $100. So you're talking $250 for the manufacturer, buying yeah. them at scale. Which is crazy because you can, you can buy like a... An, 10th gen 11th gen i7 Damn. processor for 200 bucks it's crazy and so like the only response to this is going to be for most people to figure out a different answer for silicon which is so bizarre to me from qualcomm's perspective because like you're forcing people to make different decisions yep. guys like you're you're pushing people away from your product but they're also qualcomm smart enough to really start working on the 700 line so yeah. that's what's probably going to be in the they they the, they, the they, have a, they maybe have a roadmap and maybe maybe it's not super lucrative for them to keep doing this that's why they're charging so much could be you know and maybe they're just like uh, mid whatever the like mid is where their money go, is yeah people go make your stuff yeah, you we're gonna remember, work on these they, other chips. they make a lot of other stuff other than phone chips too. Yeah. they make Modems i guarantee you 90 percent, 80 percent of the iot in your house yeah. It's just As crazy. They have in. so much brand equity with Snap Snapdragon. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows Snapdragon. Well, not everyone. A lot of people. Most people. You know, techie people know Snapdragon, and uh, I don't know. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's in their roadmap to just focus on these mid-range chips, and that's where they can more make. Lucrative. Yeah, they can make more money that way, and it's probably less headache. And and for most users, they're not going to notice. I mean, yeah. people that don't play 3D I mean, the, games on their the phone. One, the One Plus. Uh, uh, the one, Nord. What was that uh, document? Are th- are they calling that documentary anything? Was uh, it just New Beginnings? The new beginning. Ah, yeah, yeah New yeah, Beginnings. Yeah. So, yeah. so it'll end like the fourth one, I guess, will be the announcement. Yeah, um, but they, that's how they're announcing. They the talked about like how good chips are getting. Yeah, you know, and that's why they decided to put in the lower that's, end chip because they're like it's good for ninety percent. Yeah, of what but you're right. what you had mentioned earlier though with updates, if Qualcomm does shift their focus to mid range, they're going to have to reconsider how they deal with updates because your people. And not not all the time, but generally speaking, people that are buying mid-range phones, the more affordable <laughs> phones, they're not looking to upgrade. It's us. We're the people that buy a new phone every th- right. six months, every three months. It's Apple users that yeah. get a new iPhone because it's a new iPhone. They don't right. care what it costs. These mid-range phone buyers, yeah. they want something that lasts three and four years. Yeah, my dad, yeah. like my dad, bought a you know Samsung A whatever you know cheap cheap phone, and he's had it for three years yeah, you know? as long right. as it it's runs fine. he's not going to get a new one <laughs> exactly yeah, yep. so. yeah so uh you know we'll see we'll see it, it would be nice to hear something from google about this that would it would be, be that would be really nice it'd be it'd be refreshing if anyone's listening uh, john if you're listening yeah. uh tap go go tap on somebody's shoulder and tell them <laughs> just let, let the let the beans out you know yeah. like let, tell people what's going on so right now it just feels so weird it is uh it feels but, so I mean, weird can you imagine a future in a couple years where you're not talking about the latest Snapdragon whatever in the Pixel phone. It's just here's Pixels, the new here's the new G7 processor yeah. from Google. You know, and can it's, we call it Bionic? Andromeda. Andromeda. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I haven't talked about that in a while. <laughs> but I mean, they they could range their chips from yeah. their Chromebooks to yeah. their phones. They could build their silicon for all of their Nest stuff. Yep. They could they could control all of that stuff and really be able to to because like that's that's where I think Google's always a little more ambitious than most and sure. from the software end of things like they like trying new things yeah. and building stuff that does crazy stuff. Well, imagine what that's going to be like if it's just untethered from oh well that we don't have a chip with like we can't get that core and that Snapdragon to do X Y Z. So maybe next time it comes around we'll be able to do that. Like 
Yeah. They just have the ability to just say, hey, Fix look, we, we want to do this. Make a core that does this and that chip. And yeah, yeah. we could see some crazy stuff yeah. uh, from them. So yeah. it's exciting. So, so we're we're uh, we're going to wrap this thing up, but I do want to quickly mention the uh, Gmail stuff, and we'll we'll maybe talk about it more next week. But go check out Robbie's article about what talk, talk about like coming into your own and like figuring out like, huh, maybe we just need to put all this together. Or maybe we can just make our own silicone. Like, they have all these different productivity apps, and somebody, like you said, I guess they brought in somebody else to, yeah, to kind of help with this. I can't remember his name, but they they did bring in. They a were guy like, to clean it up. Basically, they were like, "Hey, everyone's in Gmail. Let's just put all our stuff in there." And I love and it that. Lo- that's and it looks so great. A little Gosh, video it looks that so great. They did like a two and a half minute video that goes with this, um, you know, un- unannounced announcement kind of thing. Um, and when you look at it, like it's the whole thing set up with, you know, people chatting technically back and forth and so little chat bubbles. Um, and, you know, it, right at the beginning, someone says, you know, I start my day in, in email and the person says, I do too. And the next person says, doesn't everyone, you know, like realizing that is so key, like to not say, hey, Emails I know you have never, all these things, yeah. but go start using this other tool uh, and then we'll find a way to integrate email into it, it was, somehow or something like base camp you it know, was the issue we always had with the marketing firm we worked with yeah. it was always we're so tied to email and our clients are are tied to email right that there was just no i mean you have all these different integrations and all this stuff well guess what google has gmail right <laughs> you know and it's one of their biggest platforms so. and, and and now they have these awesome other tools that they've built that have kind of been siloed you know chat and and meet and I mean, rooms and all the, and now it's all, yeah. And now it's all just kind of coming together in Gmail and it's really going to be, I think it's going to be a big shift for, uh, for Gmail users for, is it, it's not, is it just G Suite people? G Suite, yeah. And and at first I was like, oh man, but then I'm like, no, it makes sense. As a personal thing, I don't know why I I wouldn't want to have all that productivity stuff. And they probably need to make a little money on it to justify all this you know, well, and it just so doesn't. I don't know that it makes sense on a personal level. Not really. Like, I yeah, mean, why do you? If need I'm going to use it as a team for work, I probably need to be. Yeah, I mean, if in, you even uh-oh. if you're in a small business that just has a few employees, if you get to the point where you you need to leverage that daily to, for your workflow, you're probably ready to invest in a G Suite. Right. Yeah, I think if there's still five five bucks per user. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, so like we're not talking about like a, a bunch of money. It's just. Yeah you know, a straightforward kind of business expense that you yeah. need to take. And again, if I'm by myself, like I don't, yeah, you what, don't need it. Why don't I need all this <laughs> yeah, integration right. to, yeah. to work and chat with my team, but man, to be able to jump in and out of chats, yeah. like edit documents right all in right Gmail, in yeah. like to, to Might jump in to meetings over to something else to yeah. move from seamlessly from an email to a chat because there's so many times in the where, same thread, right? Where yeah. email is like, cool. I don't want to go back and forth with you sentence after sentence in an email. Let's let's move this to a chat. That's just not been simple. So yeah. if that simplifies, and then hey, we can hop on a call, and then oh, my calendar's integrated here, and oh, we can we can you know communicate right now yeah. in this chat right next to the document that we're editing, yeah. and, and never leave that tab. And 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 that's the other thing. Like the calendar integration is so cool to me because uh, in the video they show, you know, you you're hopping in a chat real quick. To I need to send Gabe a message, but. Uh, because we're using this, you know, Google Chat stuff, it sees that Gabe's in a meeting, so it says, "Oh, Gabe's in a meeting." It gives me a little thing at the bottom whenever I go to message him. So if he doesn't respond right now, it's because he's in his meeting or whatever. It's like right. so many things that just make so much sense, 
it's so awesome to finally see it come all together and it's like and not man, be another why? tool and yeah. not be another oh go get this go get app this other app yeah nope. download this other thing You're on your phone already here yeah. we're just making gmail yeah. crazy awesome yeah. I, it's, we're, it's we're really gonna go cool. all in yeah so yeah I mean, I, i'm we, excited we've already started using um chat for um uh with our intern um and it's a great it's a gr- perfect solution for that right we use me all better. the time we use calendar all the time i mean so it's like it's going to make perfect sense for us it, yeah it might be a little bit of a shift i mean we use whatsapp for our just kind of ongoing threads <laughs> of chat yeah. you know so that, that, that will be the so main like, shift for us i think but i think it could be really useful to uh segment some of the conversations that we're sometimes having in one big huge thread right. Right. you know especially have rooms around those exactly you know if it's a development thing it's in the development room so that way we know like and then i'm trying to go back and find something that we said and i'm trying yeah. to search oh, the I've right thing hey, i mean i do it all the time yeah. so to be able to segment some of those and then just mentally to to separate things a little bit mm-hmm. and sometimes i mean everyone knows chat threads can can go crazy and right. you know you you know, I look down at my phone and I'm working at home and you guys have 70 messages that I got to read through and figure out right. what's going on. You know, so, so to segment some of that could help. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys do I, it. No, I just, <laughs> I, I ignore, like if I have a day where I have, because I usually check, try to check and stay in there. If I have a day and it's one of those days where there's like 75 <laughs> mess, unread messages, yeah. I just don't go back and look. And then like if I come in and Robbie's like, oh, did you see my message? Nope. And I'm like, nope. no, you, did, you didn't say anything. Uh, and then he goes and takes a screenshot yeah. and makes me feel, I'm like, yeah. oh, my No, bad. I just straight up say I didn't read it. Joe don't care. These guys are messaging was, back and forth. Was in my yard working and I did not yeah, care. <laughs> these, these guys are messaging back and forth in our, our gaming unbox thread, uh, you know, because Michael Perigo, who is, you know, remote in Florida, he, he yeah. you know, we have to communicate with him more uh, on chat. And so, yeah, there's some days there's so many messages in there. I'm just like, okay, whatever. So, all right. Anywho, our Jimmy Johns is here. It is. I Sorry. I was, I was confused because I've got my phone on silent. So I was completely disconnected. Apparently, one of our uh, co workers put the uh, jimmy johns in the fridge for yeah us. there we go i just saw i looked at the order tracker and it said eat and i'm like what where <laughs> i can't eat it's, it's not eat. here i just ate yeah. your sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yeah so why did they get up the stairs on their own i guess uh, man, i guess wow, holy you there. cow we have moved into a freaky fast friday might, is a success we might uh, bring them back as a sponsor for the yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're back <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, uh, we're going to link some stuff. We've got some cool... Uh, let's link these videos and stuff that Google's put out. Yep. Let's link out the uh, Mr. Who, who's, Mr. Who's the Boss. Mr. Who's the Boss. Mr. Beast. Um, yeah, so we'll link all that stuff. And go check out last week's episode. Again, I mean, if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go check it out. Um, I do want to mention also, uh, send us some questions. If you have questions for us, Go on Twitter, use the hashtag, the Chromecast. We're going to do another episode that's just answering questions here here soon. I don't know when, but here soon. So send us some questions if you have those. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get those answered live on the podcast. Alrighty, uh, I think that's it. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.